0: Amy has just logged in and, uh, I'm going to give her, she has co-host. Yeah. So Amy, whenever you want to, uh, jump on video, um, we're ready for you and audio. Hey, Hey, Amy, how are you?
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Awesome. Awesome. So Amy's our, our first guest for today. Um, and she is from Chattanooga and she is the author of Corpsewood Manor Murders in North Georgia, as well as the founder of the uh, Ghost Tour in Chattanooga. So Amy, right. it's awesome that you, that you came to visit and uh, talk. Uh, this is actually our one-year anniversary for our podcast.
1: Congratulations.
0: Thank you. Okay. And I, I wanted you to be a part of it. I was walking down the street in West Village, and I guess it was about a week ago, and I saw a group of people, a uh, lady with dark hair had a Black hat on with a with a red band band around the hat, and uh, I saw her talking to this group of people about the history of Chattanooga. And so I did a little diving into it and started looking at some of the the ghost tours, and and I stumbled upon your profile and uh, started reading some of the stuff that you've done, and uh, I found it super fascinating. Um, and all these people here are all, all cybersecurity professionals, and you know I wanted something to to kind of reflect the haunted theme and to reflect the time of year that, that we started this podcast. so why don't you tell us about your background um, what it took to write that, that book that which I started reading by the way is really fascinating and maybe you can tell us a little bit about that.
1: Okay uh, well, I actually practiced law for 20 years. this is uh, the, the ghost tour is my retirement job. it's much more fun um, and I first started hearing about the Corpsewood case uh, when I started practicing because it actually made international news when it happened and it still has a huge cult following. Um, and then when I started the ghost tours, I started hearing about it from an entirely different angle. So it was the perfect book to write.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I was reading in the book that the the guy, the doctor who moved to that area, that him him and his partner, actually, yeah,
1: actually
0: uh-huh. built actually built that that castle or that home. Um, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Okay. Well, uh, neither he nor uh, Joey uh, who moved with him had any construction experience whatsoever. They read a book on how to build and uh, and decided you know to build themselves a little castle in the middle of the forest and I've heard some speculation that the reason that the the corn it doesn't have corners that it's rounded is not doesn't have anything to do with you know keeping, evil spirits away or anything that it was actually just a, a, an error as a result of the the construction and experience but either way it turned out beautiful so mm.
0: yeah it was pretty big i was looking at the pictures online uh when they it's actually the- a really
1: it's a small it's 700 feet per, uh, square feet per floor you know it's two stories so uh, mm. yeah well it was someplace between 1400 and 1600 feet but it was enough for what they needed
0: yeah. And from from what I understand, too, um, both of them kind of delved into the macabre and kind of uh, I, at one point, I think I read that they were Satanists or something. And that's where
1: Charles Charles did. Now, I mean, I've heard from Joey's family that he did not. But um, Charles was very interested. Well, he was a brilliant man and he was fascinated with all kinds of different things. And And one of the things that he came across and I guess became fascinated with was the Church of Satan which is not the same as devil whispers, you know, I've had to explain many times, especially down here in the South, that not the same thing, but uh, you know, they don't even believe in the devil or God. They're basically atheists and the name has to do with sort of poking fun at Christians. Uh, but yeah, that was a, uh, he was a member of the, uh, the church of Satan. And so that's part of why there's some uh, suspicion that uh that it was a group of ministers that actually wound up burning the the house after the after they were murdered. So.
0: Wow. So so tell me about the murders. How, how were they found and, and what kind of went down in that whole situation?
1: Okay. Well, um, Charles was a, an extremely uh, outgoing uh, extrovert kind of fella. you know, whenever anybody came by and lots of people came by because you know, I mean, who wouldn't, like I said, when you have a, a little castle in the middle of the National Forest, you know, everyone's a little fascinated when you are driving a Jeep in town that has like, you know, huge uh, inverted pentagrams on the side and, and people heard all kinds of rumors. So a lot of people stopped by, some of them to be friendly, some of them with not such good intent. But uh, he had an amazing way with people. He's very persuasive and, and always managed for the ones who were not friendly to, to talk them down or whatever. He'd always invite people to to uh, come up to the the pink room. He didn't invite very many folks inside the the, the castle, certainly no strangers, but um, you know, up to the pink room, have a drink or whatever. And uh, so he one day, Kenneth Brock, Kenneth Avery Brock, who was seventeen at the time, had uh, been hunting on the uh, in the woods and ran across you know Doctor Scudder, and he invited him up there, and and uh, they wound up. Uh, drinking, and I think having, you know, some some sexual relations, um, Brock went home and told his roommate, who was, Brock had never been in trouble before, his roommate, Tony West, was bad news, you know, he had, uh, starting at the young age of about, I think was 12, shot and killed his nephew, and his career just went on from there, he uh, later shot his uncle, didn't kill him, you know, had been in all kinds of trouble with the law, but when uh, Kenneth was telling him about it, you know, Tony made fun of him because of the, you know, the sex, which mm. of course made Kenneth mad. And so he turned around his brain about it's really these guys faults. even though, I mean, Kenneth, he may have been 17, but he wasn't, you know, he was emancipated, he'd been on his own for quite a while as his, his dad had kicked him out before. So he was not like a, an innocent, you know, high school student or whatever he, he it was a consensual relationship. But when when Tony started making fun of him, like I said, he, he got furious and decided it was all these guys' faults and he was going to punish them for it. And and he came up with some really terrible plans. I mean, he wanted to rape them with a hot soldering iron. Of course, they didn't have electricity and they didn't have a soldering iron because they didn't have electricity. And for some reason, these guys thought they could find a soldering iron there when they went. So that didn't ever happen, thank goodness. But um Tony didn't care. He just wanted to rob them. You know, they figured here's these two guys that don't work, living in the middle of the national forest. You know, with no apparent means of support, so they must be rich. So they assumed there was, you know, a lot of uh, money there. They were disappointed about that. (laughs) Um, But that's how it came about.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, So, post the murders, um, have you been back to? Have you been to that? What's remaining of the castle? I saw that there was just like very few remnants of of the dwelling.
1: Yeah, I went out there maybe three times, I think, you know, a couple times taking pictures, and then one time just to visit, Um, and yeah, every time there's, uh, you know, more deterioration. Um, I haven't been since probably around 2018, 2019, something like that, Mm -hmm. and when I I heard from somebody actually just about a week ago that all that's remaining right now is just one of the outbuildings that everything else uh, is pretty much torn down. When, when I've been before, the the gazebo at the front of it was still there, and there's you know still some you know some remnant there were remnants of walls and a couple of the the outbuildings, but it's, my understanding is there's just the one outbuilding left. At least that's what they told me last week.
0: Yeah. So do you get strange vibes when you go out there? Do you think there's any kind of activity out there?
1: Um, I think maybe they're still, um, watching over the, uh, the place, but I think it's really peaceful place. I don't think that was always the case. I think there used to be something bad out there. I think it's been gone for, you know, uh, a couple of decades, but, um, you said you're, you're just now reading the book. You hadn't got to the end of it, right?
0: No, no, no. Okay.
1: So, so can I, can I give you a little spoiler?
0: Yeah, absolutely
1: after I finished the book, and this is one of the things, you know, I mean, all kinds of weird stuff happened while I was writing this book, you know, it was incredible, but this one was probably takes the cake, after I was done with my first draft, I mailed it in to the publisher, whatever, you know, and so, of course, I'm all knotted up, because I've been sitting at a computer for months, um, and uh, I went in to, to get a massage, and I'm talking to this guy, this young guy, uh, who's doing it, and I you know, I said, I just finished a book, and he was asking what it was about, and I told him it was about these, you know, two gay men who'd gotten, you know, murdered in the woods, you know, and he said, did that happen a long time ago, and I said, yeah, you know, and and he said, you know, around Chicago County, yeah, and he he told me um, that when he was in high school, and this was a big thing with high schoolers, they would go out there, you know, and drink, or party, or whatever, and when he was in high school, he had gone out uh, with some of his buddies um, to Corpsewood, and, He said it was really weird now to get to this place, you have to go to the road runs out and then you have to go a mile down a dirt road and you have to find the right turn and then you have to find the right pull off and then you have to hike half a mile through the woods. I mean, it is not easy to find, but at the, the pull off where you have to park, there's only room for one or maybe two small cars. I mean, there's no way you can miss any car that's out there. So anyway, they said they got there, you know, nobody there, you know, so they, you know, went on out to the woods, and they came to where the ruins were. And they said, here's these two, you know, odd sort of guys, um, sort of raggedy, whatever, set up in, in uh, lawn chairs in the middle of the uh, right where the, the living, uh, like, kitchen sort of area had been before, not kitchen, the, where the dining room area had been before. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, you know, they were talking about what had happened, you know, back before and uh, that um, they said they came there every year on the same day. They were kind of disturbed about the, the some noise of some truck running up and down the road. So anyway, the guy, you know, they told him about the murders, I think, a little bit. And then uh, this guy and his buddies went and explored the woods when they came back you know, there was nobody there, but how they even got there in the first place, because this is not some place you would usually walk all the way to, right, mm-hmm. um, since there wasn't a, a car there. Well, anyway, um, this just sounded a little too familiar, and mm-hmm. so I asked him, I said, was, was this in December? He said he didn't know that it was cold out, though. He knew that, and uh, I said, was, uh, uh, was one of the guys big and one of the guys little? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, what color hair did they have? And he said, um, well, the little one had blonde hair and the, the bigger one had dark hair. And I happened to have a picture uh, out in my car, which I thought at the time was Charles and, and Joey. It turned out it wasn't Joey. It was another man who was there. Mm-hmm. But I, I brought the picture in and showed it to him because, like I said, it just sounded all too familiar. And the guy's jaw just dropped. And he said, I don't know who that dark haired guy is. He says, but this one right here, the the, the blonde guy, he said, that's who we saw. And uh, what really made me believe that is he didn't know he was telling a ghost story. He thought he was just telling me about a couple of weird guys in the middle of the woods. So, you know, that, yeah, I think they're still hanging out and visiting at least once a year, apparently.
0: That's, that's pretty awesome.
1: That's, yeah, that's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, so um, one of the things that, that drew me to Chattanooga and drew me downtown was the buildings and the architecture mm-hmm. and one of the very first places i went to i was staying at the moxie um, decided i wanted to go get a starbucks and the first place that i could find starbucks that was close to the moxie was the reed house mm-hmm. and so i did a little research on the reed house while I was sitting down there and realized that in room 311 there was a ghost supposedly in an al capone uh, was actually kept there right before he uh, went on trial Um, So I know that's part of the part of the tour. Have you had any experiences in in 311 or?
1: Well, we don't we've never gone into 311 as part of the tour. Now, before COVID, we went into the Reed House down to the uh, um, an area off the lobby where there's Mm -hmm. a painting where we got a really cool ghost photo before Uh, since COVID's been going on. They haven't been letting groups come back in yet. So we tell the story outside but um i've been in there privately uh, my my guides and i went in one night you know the we it was right after we'd gotten an sls um uh, cam which if you watch ghost adventures that's the one where we can actually see the ghost on screen right. um and it's the only time that we we've, we've ever gone in as a group into uh into 311 not with any guest or whatever just our, our group they you know they gave us permission to go in and check it out and we got uh a video um, of a ghost that, you know, it had already identified itself as Walter, which is not the main ghost of the greenhouse. house. Walter actually usually hangs out at, at uh, Underground Chattanooga. We're f- quite familiar with him. He follows around one of my guys. Um, but uh, so uh, someone said, can you touch Hope? And it shows on the, the video, you know, where he reaches out and touches her. And then um, they said, uh, Hope says, Walter, can you show back up later on after it had disappeared? And it says, okay. And it shows up right next to her. So um, wow. that was really cool. Uh, also, I went in there with my uh, one of my current guides, Jessica. Some people attract a lot of things. Some people don't. I don't, which I really don't think is fair because I own it. <laughs> but there you go. A lot of my guides do, though. And Jessica's one of those. And I'd gone in there with her before. And they had told me that uh, the main ghost in there, Annalisa Netherly, would answer questions uh yes no questions and i totally did not believe that you know but they said no no it'll make a fan noise for for yes and won't do anything for no but apparently only for people that you know sort of attract things so i went in there with jessica of course it did nothing for me when i asked any questions just about every question jessica answered if it was one where yes was the appropriate answer you know you'd hear it because i think there's a fan up above the, the room or something like that making that so that was another thing that we would had happen in there i've also had several guests from the Reed house called me before at least one or two of which did not even know there was supposed to be a ghost in the hotel saying, Hey, have you ever heard anything about this place being haunted? Cause that's some really weird stuff happened. So
0: <laughs> it's a, it's a really cool place too. I, I went through is, there actually, beautiful. actually last night I went through the back lobby to get to Starbucks and, uh, yeah, it's a really beautiful hotel. One thing I didn't know, um, cause I'm, I'm living in the McCullough on the sixth floor of McCullough during renovation um there was an incident where they had to stop the construction because they're working i guess on the this building actually has 13 floors the 13th floor is the attic um, they're working on the 13th floor and somebody dropped a two by six down to the ninth floor and it hit mm-hmm. this construction worker in the back of the head in the back of the neck and literally decapitated him and he died um they had to bring him at the time they didn't have a stairwell that would fit a gurney, and they actually built that in after the renovation. Uh, They had to go up and get this guy, and supposedly there's a ghost on the ninth floor that people see, like, you know, doors opening and closing, Um, but even a more peculiar one was uh, the manager said that during renovation, she kept hearing, like, the front doors were padlocked shut, back doors were padlocked shut, and she was about to close up and leave, and she heard someone running upstairs on the second floor, and Mm -hmm giggling and making noises and she said it sounded like a little boy so Uh she went up there and i guess construction workers were coming down and they said uh she said did you did you hear somebody and they're like oh yeah it's no big deal and she's like well you know we have to get everybody out of the building because i have to lock up and they said oh he stays here and i guess (laughs) supposedly the the construction workers had seen this little boy dressed in like probably 1930s outfit with leather boots and suspenders and shorts and he's Mm -hmm. supposedly here in the building um, mm-hmm. but what was really cool about this building is I went downstairs, um, just two nights ago with the manager and they took me through the, all the extent of the underground underneath the McClellan building. Right. And I have to say it's really creepy down there. And I know nothing's happened in the basement, but it's still very creepy. And well, of course,
1: underground Chattanooga is one of our stops on our tour that we talk about. So yeah, there's definitely some ghosts in underground.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and we went into this one part of the underground, this under, underneath Broad Street. And they were telling me a story about how the maintenance worker, there was a plastic like school chair sitting down there. The maintenance worker would um, go in there and move stuff around. And he'd noticed that the chair was in different positions every time he went in there during the day. So mm-hmm. he decided to like put it in one spot and come back and see if it was still there.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: he, he came back and it was like slid up against the wall. Well, mm-hmm. when we were down in the underground, um, they took me to where that chair was supposedly sitting. And uh-huh. li- literally about the height of a young kid, there was scratches on the wall that like spelled out a word. Spelled out. Oh help. my gosh. Yeah. That what? Help.
1: Help. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so the, 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 the current maintenance worker refuses to go down there. He says, uh-uh, I, I can't because I've seen stuff down there. He said, I've seen a big, like dark shadow. And he mm-hmm. said, it, it really creeps him out. Mm-hmm. Um so then we went up to, I guess it was the 12th floor. No, we went to the attic first, 13th floor. And um, I don't know if you, the front of the building has a circular windows at the very mm-hmm. top. So right. I got to look out of those windows and it's actually mm-hmm. original, um, original window frames and, and glass and everything. And up there was some really interesting things um, where they had dug out underneath the floor because they had put stuff over where the boilers and stuff were at. Um, mm-hmm. and said they found like women's shoes under there and all kinds of stuff. And then there's a chalk drawing from like probably the 1930s of a woman of that period. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still preserved. It's really cool. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'd um, love to go
1: in there with you and check it out sometime. That would be really cool.
0: Come on over. I'll show you. Um, we'll bring our I have
1: equipment. Yeah. yeah
0: <laughs> I, have, I have access to the whole building. They said I was going to do the podcast today up in the attic, um, but I wanted to wait until the sun went down to actually move the stuff up there. Uh, but the weirdest thing was, we went down to the 12th floor, and there was a lawyer, an old lawyer. Um, they said he's probably in his 70s or 80s. And he, he had left, like really quick, left the building. Uh-huh. Left a bunch of stuff behind. He left these, these uh, paintings. Um, that one's by Henry Faseli. It's called The Nightmare. And then that one is by Francisco Goya, called The Witch's Sabbath. And this is a lawyer, I guess a pretty prominent lawyer. He left those, and he left a hundred canisters of film, like actual real film, um, mm-hmm. that date back to like 1912. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're all going to get like a projector and start going through the films and seeing what's actually on them, uh, because yeah, there's some up in there. Yeah, there's some that are really questionable. Um,
1: yeah, you sent yeah. me screenshots of those those uh, paintings. Those are very interesting, and and the one on the well to your right, um, yeah, that one. Really creepy, you know. It looks like they're doing, you know, child sacrifice or something in like that. And we feel, like, and then the other one, the woman that looks dead. When you look at it close, it looks like a broken statue, which I thought was really. She's got lots of cracks all over her skin. It was really cool.
0: Yeah. So the one on the left has uh, an incubus sitting on her chest, and mm-hmm. then the horse in the background is a demon horse the incubus rides on, supposedly. Oh, and- okay you were really close on the Francisco Goya. It's actually um, an initiation scene. And so Mm -hmm. the goat with the oak leaves and and all that, the witches,
1: yeah,
0: the witches are are holding babies to be, I guess, presented to the goat. And then there's a couple like dead, I guess, I guess they're babies. I'm not really sure um, in the background, but to see, to see that like a, a lawyer would have that. And then all these weird films is like, he, yeah i bet really he odd. didn't
1: have that in his lobby <laughs> no,
0: no, no this was in his personal suite here yeah. um oh, yeah so really strange um but yeah so i've I read a lot about the different ghosts in uh chattanooga and chattanooga is a really fascinating place along with the underground and the history of the, the uh floods in the 1800s um mm-hmm. but also the bridge walnut street bridge where i guess somebody was hung off that bridge Yeah, johnson
1: it? yeah it's actually that uh, it's a uh, a really famous case, it was the beginning of federalism. Uh, one of the lawyers here in town wrote a book on it called contempt of Court, because uh, it's the only time ever, I think still up to this day, that the Supreme Court actually tried a criminal case. They held the, the sheriff here in contempt because basically what he did was wander off and left one jailer who was easy easily overcome for when he knew there was a mob of 50 coming to, to break Ed Johnson out of jail and, and take him down to the bridge and hang him. He wound mm-hmm. up being hung twice and shot 50 times. Um, oh, my God. And he was innocent. So.
0: Wow, that's pretty crazy. Yes, um, the, go ahead.
1: The victim in the case, it was supposed to be a, you know, a woman who, Nevada Taylor said she got raped in uh, the um, Forest Hill Cemetery uh, by a black man. But she said she could not identify. She could not say that was him. You know, she didn't ever see her attacker. But he happened to be a black man who was in the area at the time. And so. Must be him, and that's how it came about. And then the newspapers here really stirred up a lot of public sentiment against him. So that's how uh, they got the crowd all riled up.
0: Yeah. Uh, so have you been on any of the shows like uh, Ghost Ghost Hunter Adventures or Ghost Adventures, anything like that?
1: Um, I have not. Uh, you know, we've we are virtually certain that um, one of those guys, the main one, in in uh, one of the shows came on our tour before under an assumed name because both me and my guide when he came up, we both kind of looked at each other, you know, we both thought, you know, thought that was him. And he was asking questions that were consistent with what somebody like that would ask. And then we found out later that they were in town at the time, like investigating Hale's bar. So we think they've, you know, they've come on, but not, you know, not under that name. But we haven't, uh, because we're a commercial tour, you know, those kind of shows don't really come uh do shows on us you know what whether they may just come along for fun
0: right so would that is that Baggins is that his last name
1: uh this was uh uh the other show not Ghost Adventures oh. but Ghost Hunters the, Ghost the Hunters. bald guy and and I know his name and it's just of course escaping me now that we're doing this podcast yeah. so, <laughs> but so, so, uh, so, Jason Hawes that's it we thought he, we thought he came along on the tour yeah, J- it, it sure looked like him
0: yeah Jason Hawes um so one of the things that that I find really interesting. Like some of those shows, like really, you can tell there's a creep factor, right? There, there's definitely something going on there that, that's not normal. Uh, but then there's other shows. Like I talked about the, the guy's last name is Baggins and, and he tends definitely. to like over traumatize everything and right. everything's like this huge production. And I think that kills like the whole mystique and the whole, right. I guess, magnetism to ghost hunting.
1: I was, uh, was talking to somebody actually on the tour last night about that, about, um, you know, because I've one of my guys uh, used to say, because I never really watched Ghost Adventures that much, I heard a lot, about it a lot. He'd say, well, Zach would be sitting there and he'd be holding a, uh, a K2 meter or an EMF detector and, you know, he'd be shaking because he was so scared and he'd be going off. Well, you shake those and they go off, you know? Right. And that's what we we're talking about. You know, why, when you have so much real stuff, do you fake it? But I don't know why they did it. That's because, you know, if you are, you know, on demand that you got to come up with an hour's worth of film every week, you know, ghosts don't operate on command. You can't do that. So that's, I'm sure that's why some of them fake it. But but yeah, it does take some away. That's what, you know, we've, we've had people before that, that have asked us, hey, you know, can you guarantee we get ghost pictures? No, we can't. There are some tours that will. And I tell them every time, You know, any of those tours that say they guarantee ghost pictures will tell you, oh, but you have to use uh, a digital camera and you have to use a flash. And all they're doing is taking you past someplace dusty because reflections on dust look like orbs. Orbs. And all you'll ever see on their website is orbs. Whereas if you look at our website, we have faces and figures and, you know, lots of other things.
0: So Yeah. Out of all the ghost hunting tours and all the ghost tours I've seen, um, your website is fantastic, by the way. Thank you so uh, much. It, it looks Thank like you. that you guys have some legitimate legitimate stories to tell uh, and that's why i wanted to have you honest because I, I i've seen a lot of these ghost tours i've been on a lot of ghost tours um right. i have like an affection to, towards the paranormal um but a lot of them i've been really disappointed because you know they take you to a place and they kind of build it up and then you get there and it's like eh, you know but there's a lot of history here there's a ton of history in chattanooga right. um right. Where, where's another hot spot that you like to take people
1: Um, Well, uh, pretty much, you know, we've talked about Underground Chattanooga, which we did not know, actually, that the the stop that we that we go to for Underground Chattanooga, we didn't know for the first four years that it used to be an Undertaker's, which explains why it's such an actively haunted spot. And it's very close to where you live. Really? Um, Yeah. Um, The uh, old sanatorium, uh, we have had. Tons of people getting ghost pictures on there in about the past three years. We've been going there for about four. And so for about three years, we've been getting some really cool ghost pictures there. Um, and uh, one of them that I was super excited about, I, I, I don't I can't remember if I sent you any of this stuff before or not, but it was this lady had taken a a series of three photos through the glass inside the sanatorium, which is condemned. So there's no way anybody can get inside. And it's very clearly someone in a doctor's coat that shows them from the back, like walking through a doorway. You know, I put them together in an animation and, you know, you can see it really easily. And and there's no way anybody could have been inside there. Um, But we, like I said, we get a ton of ghost photos there. For a while, we got, uh, it was still occasionally. Got brides there, and we're like, "Why in the world are we getting brides showing up at the sanatorium?" Welcome to find out when my one of my guides did some research. It was surrounded in the old days by three churches, so that would be why. Um, the of course our our ghost hunt where we actually use all the equipment that goes through UTC's campus down this and down the Citizen cemetery, and that one you know we love that one. I think we've been doing that since 2011. You know, at least twice a week for all that time I think I can count on one hand the number of times that uh that we didn't have anything happen and still have some fingers left over so awesome. it's been real active yeah
0: yeah I'll definitely have to check out the uh, the tours for sure um yeah. you know one, one of the things that that I that I do like about Chattanooga is it seems like everywhere you turn there's a story um, mm-hmm. and, and I know that on the the ghost tour you guys stop um in West Village which is right outside my back window Mm-hmm. Um, at the corner, uh, by the arts, there's like an artisan. What, right. what is it? What is that stop about?
1: Uh, the, uh, where the country club is, uh, the,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, gosh,
0: the again, private, I'm, private it, club, right. huh? the private club,
1: right. The private club. Mm-hmm. Um, there used to be, well, there's a story from the old building that was there and, and the new building that was there. There was a, uh, newspaper account that I'd run across about, You know a party that was going on in the next door to the to the doctor's building and everybody there saw like um a first one ghost that was holding up a knife that blood was dripping from and then uh, a couple of ghosts um and uh then i I think later on there was another time where they saw some ghosts chasing each other around, which we think is actually from the current building. So.
0: Oh really? Wow.
1: Yeah, and I also had on along the tour. That's one place where we've had people tell us their personal stories on more than one occasion as well. So.
0: Really? Yeah, that 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 private club is literally just right across the street from the McClellan. Yep. Yep, Um, That's why. So I I was out walking so i like to take walks
1: like mountain city know. club that's the name of
0: it yes yeah. yes i like to take walks after dark like 10 30 when when the streets are, are you know desolate there's nobody there it's really quiet and i like uh-huh. to take photos and i thought that i sent you the photo with the with the blue lights the reflection of the lights hanging in the in the alley right. and it, really it, cool. yeah it was really it was really cool it was a really cool effect um but what was funny was after we had, we went downstairs and and went through the basement and all this stuff and went to the attic and went to the 12th floor and revisited all these places in the building that were supposedly active, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, it was really strange because my neighbor and I heard the same thing the same night. Um, I had hung the photos, these portraits in, uh, in my apartment and I taken them out of the storage, brought them up here. And then I took some other things from the basement that are antiques that have been down there since the building's been here, basically. And I Mm -hmm. took them up. Um, and about one o'clock in the morning, there was all kinds of banging around in the hallway and there's only seven units in on each floor. So Mm -hmm. I go to the, I go to the people and open the people. There's nothing there, like literally nothing there. And I kept Mm -hmm. hearing something hit the door. And so I was about to turn and go back to my bedroom and as I did something hit the door again. So I opened up the people. There's still nothing there. Mm-hmm. And so my next door neighbor um, came over the next morning and said, "Hey, did you hear all that commotion in the hallway? It's all like people were whispering and banging stuff around." I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." Uh, so mm-hmm. it woke me up. He goes, "I looked out my people and there's nothing there. It's so mm-hmm. weird." And I guess the manager she she said, "Yeah, you know, people noticed that on your floor and the ninth floor. Um, mm-hmm. Not really sure what that's all about, but you know." They're just well, here. we hear
1: those kind of reports a lot, you know, of, of that that exact sort of thing happening. So, yeah, I think that's what you've got, some uh, some residual guests there. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Have, have you heard anything about the McClellan Building before? You
1: know, back when I first came up with the tour in 2007 and, and wrote our original tour script, which, mm-hmm. you know, we use something different right now, I remember that I had something, I was thinking it was about the James Building, which is right next door, mm-hmm. Um. And I can't remember exactly what it is, but I'll look it up and I'll send it to you. So, uh, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest one was the uh, Hispanic worker that got killed on the ninth floor. Um, Mm -hmm. And what's really sad is he was a subcontractor and the guy he was contracted to, the money that his family was supposed to get for the insurance, he took Mm -hmm. and left town. Stole oh
1: God! How yeah. awful!
0: That's yeah. so really sad. His, his, his son was left with any, with nothing. Um, now
1: you know the the Tivoli over there, very close to you, has a has a ghost as well that likes to uh, watch some of the shows over there. So maybe he's just coming over having some partying at your house, and when he's done,
0: <laughs> well, you, well, you know that the two buildings are connected, right?
1: uh uh-huh. I do.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, the Tivoli is really interesting. I, I walk by there at night and look in the windows and stuff, and it's mm-hmm. it's a really cool building. Oh, really nice.
1: it's beautiful. It's gorgeous inside. A little jewel box. You know, it was like only the fourth or fifth place in the country that had air conditioning. So when oh, that really? happened, you know, it was a really popular place back then in the summertime. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, I think they called it the jewel box of the South or whatever. So.
0: Very cool. So... Out of all your ghost ghostly experiences and interactions, what would you say was the one that shocked you and, and made you the most fearful?
1: Um, well, the, it was something that happened at the exact same time on two different ghost hunts that were a mile apart. And this scared the crap out of me so bad that I said, if this happens again, we are never doing this hunt again. I almost, you know, I almost ended the hunts right then and I decided to give it one more time. But it happened on a Good Friday, which of all the days of the year that something bad would be about in the world, you know, Good Friday would be it. Uh, And on both the hunts, you know, I I had my guides call me within a few minutes of each other, you know, telling me this. Uh, One of our guests felt something press on their forehead and then they got really hot and really red and felt really, really sick. Um, And that's not not just a, a friendly ghost that does stuff like that. That's something bad. Um and uh so yeah, when that happened, yeah, that that is the thing that scared me the most out of all the the things that we've had happen. Oh, well, other than you said that you looked for our website. Have you looked on our uh if you click the ghostly encounters button that takes you to our blog? Have you read through any of the stories
0: there? Not yet. No, not yet.
1: There's one in there, and I don't tell this story. I'm not gonna tell it right now because every time I tell a story, something bad happens. Um, but um y- you'll find it. I put something in our old building two and a half days before it collapsed. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, then the whole rest of the year was just plagued with bad stuff. Um, So yeah, that, that was really bad too. And so I have a warning for everyone for that one. If you ever see an object and you think, wow, that's a little, really cool object. Let me take it out of this pentagram that it's wrapped in. Don't do it. You know, there's a reason that it's wrapped in that pentagram and uh, it's to keep something bad in. So just yeah, don't do that.
0: <laughs> so so that, that would be similar to like a divic box, right?
1: Um, perhaps. I don't know a whole lot about those boxes, but like I said, this was something I was thinking, oh, you know, this thing would look really cool in my shop, but but I don't really want this pentagram because it looks kind of evil here. You know, will you take it out of this before I buy it? Yeah, not a good idea.
0: Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> I was looking on eBay. So divic boxes are really interesting. Divic boxes um, basically come from the old world, right? And what they did was they trapped entrapped like bad spirits or demons in these boxes and they would cover them in wax and twine and and all this stuff to keep the to keep the demon inside or the spirit inside they actually sell some on ebay like literally i'm sure that most of them are fakes but they they sell those boxes on ebay
1: i've seen that i've seen actually one of the supposedly legitimate ghost equipment places selling that too and i thought that was kind of weird, but yeah, Yeah. you can find anything on eBay.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. I think the only ghostly encounter I've ever had, um, I was about 16 and I had come home from going to the movies with my friends and it was really late. Um, and everybody's asleep. So I go into my room and I I go to bed and I got woken up by someone sitting on my bed. I thought my mom had come in and I, you know, opened my eyes and my great grandma was sitting on my bed. And I, I was like, I've got to be dreaming this. This is crazy. And she was like, oh, you know, I just, you know, I've got to go. I've got to go. And I was like, what? So confused. Uh, went back to sleep. And I guess about an hour later, my mom came and she was bawling. She was crying. And uh, she said, Your, um, our family just called. Your great-grandma just died. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, that's creepy. Because I just literally saw her sitting on my bed.
1: That's another uh, thing that we hear a lot. You know, yeah. sometimes people want to come say goodbye and make sure you know they're okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's really weird. That's the only, that's the only interaction I had. Um, Mm -hmm. But we had, so talking about Corpsewood Manor, um, we had a very similar story in Houston, uh, in the city that I lived in just south of Houston called Clear Lake. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was called the Toddville Mansion. And if you ever get a chance, yeah, if you ever get a chance, look it up on on Google. Toddville Mansion was this guy, he had a ton of money. He built like this huge house near near our high school, out out in the woods by the water. Um, one section was a living quarter, back section was a living quarter and in between was an atrium with a big pool. And he mm-hmm. would go into downtown Houston and find kids that were homeless or, or find young boys in the Montrose area that, you know, liked men or whatever. And he would take them home, but he wouldn't let them leave. And eventually, mm-hmm. um, they went against him because they were homeless and didn't have anywhere else to go, but they didn't have the option of leaving. So one day he came home from uh, wherever he was at pulled into the garage and two of the boys from the house shot and killed them in the garage just so they could get mm-hmm. away. And mm-hmm. so police went in and did like this whole investigation. And I mean, they found, just found some horrendous stuff. Um, and then after that, some friends of mine had, their parents had bought what was left of Toddville mansion and mm-hmm. we used to have parties and stuff in there and all kinds of stuff, but it's definitely haunted. Um, yeah. They've they've, seen. Old Man Toddville in inside that building. They actually, the city destroyed the building, mm-hmm. and uh, they put up condos in the same area. And mm-hmm. now the people in those condos are starting to experience weird things like windows breaking for no reason. Yeah, it's uh-huh. really stuff. If, yeah.
1: if you go down to you know where the Walnut Street Bridge is, there's those condos that are right next to it. Mm-hmm. There's a little historical marker right there, and uh, they had done the same thing. They, there was a house there that um, both Sherman and Grant had had stayed in during the Civil War, historical, right? Now, the city said it had no historical significance and, you know, took the record ball to it, probably because then they could put up something that, you know, pays Makes more fun. taxes. Uh, right. And, but if you look at the historical marker, it talks about the ghosts there. So, you know, it's kind of interesting when you find historical markers that that talk about things like that.
0: Yeah. So where's the sanatorium in relation to the McClellan booth? Um, it's uh, uh,
1: over, um, it's a few blocks from there. Come along on the tour and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll show you where it is or just, you know, meet me someday and I'll, I'll come take you over to it. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. If you look on website, you'll see a lot of pictures from there on there.
0: Cool. Absolutely. So if, if anybody listening wants to join your tour or, you know, learn more about what you do, where can they go to get that information?
1: uh if they they can go to chattanoogaghosttours.com we have a lot of information about the the tours there plus it saves people two dollars a ticket if they decide to buy tickets online there instead of over the phone awesome but, uh, yeah we have a lot of information there and then um there's some links to like the corpsewood book uh as well as my my other books haunted chattanooga and the ghostly tales of chattanooga
0: awesome i will definitely uh be checking out the tour in person what what nights and what times do you guys do the tours
1: uh we do the tours every night um we generally do one at eight 30 and then we add additional tours, you know, as it goes along, for example, like, um, tonight, I think we have tours going from eight till 11 o'clock. Um, and, uh, the hunts we do on, uh, generally Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, we had added some Wednesdays, some this month, just cause you know, October.
0: Yeah. Very awesome. Well, Amy, it was, uh, it was absolutely a pleasure having you on the podcast. Well, thank you so
1: much for having me. I really enjoyed this. And again, happy anniversary.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll see you soon for sure. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. It, this town is so interesting. The the people in this town, the characters that I run into are just like shocking. Like they all have a story to tell. And she talked about the underground um, Chattanooga. So for those of you who, who don't know the area, haven't been here, um, Chattanooga actually used to be whole street level a whole floor level lower and what happened was in 1800s the tennessee river overflowed its banks and flooded the entire town they had to bring in boats to like get people out Um, so instead of like building levees or whatever they built the street up so there's still what used to be the lobby area and the street level down below the buildings and so there's like bus stops down there there's like all kinds of like weird shit um and i got a tour of down there and to say the least i mean it's like creepy as fuck but it's cool i'm into that kind of stuff so yeah if you guys get a chance
1: to go to denver too they have so denver was originally shiny hotel. Created, well not no that's in um estes park but yeah. in denver denver also has an underground city and there's uh um rumors about the illuminati because there actually is like the like little triangle like triangles or whatever for it but the underground city was built because like that. yeah something like that yeah, yeah. Like, like so there's like this whole thing about the Illuminati and um so the underground city like kind of was built and then they built all the train stations that came up and so all of then there's like they
0: started to build all these walkways so on on parts of Denver you can still see these like they don't look like windows they look like windows